We recorded this episode of the Yak Sports Podcast before the scary situation in Cincinnati involving Damar Hamlin. Obviously, Leland and I's thoughts and prayers are with him and his family at this moment. Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. Happy New Year, everybody. It is time for our first episode of 2023. And Leland, man, what a bowl season it has been already. Lots of great games uh, throughout the bowl calendar. And honestly, we got treated to something we're not used to, which is actual good college football playoff games. I missed the first one because I'll tell you why. Uh, in the D block, but um, that one went the way I wanted. TCU pulled it out. And then the second one, Ohio state was a different Ohio state team than we saw against Michigan. And they came out ready to play. I don't know if maybe hearing how terrible they were for three or four weeks was the motivation they needed. Um, But they came out, pushed Georgia, the absolute brink. And um, you know, again, I'll, I, I did it. Uh, in person, but I'll say it again on this podcast. Apologies to my friend's wife, who I promised we would be able to watch the ball drop because there was no way that game was going to still be on at midnight. Um, not only was it still on at midnight, but the most important thing happened right at midnight. So uh, my apologies to her and anyone else who didn't get to watch the ball drop because Georgia and Ohio State uh, decided that they wanted to play football like the defenses weren't even on the field. Yeah, I, I this is where having those multiple giant TVs set up in my living room really paid off because uh, we actually had the entire house awake for midnight, which hasn't always happened for New Year's. And so the ball dropping was a priority for viewing pleasure. Now, as it hit zero and the mass majority of the other people in the house making a yell for that, uh, I was also yelling Georgia, 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 because on the other TV with no volume, I could, I could decipher that he had missed and uh, without commentary and the weird camera angle that I was watching. And so, yeah, my focus was on that. And it was so cool. Like even after that, the people making the tweets and having the stuff where they had those, those videos playing as it was shown live simultaneously. And it's like that ball crosses the back of the end zone plane. Like if it were good to go through the uprights, it would have been at, at twelve zero zero zero, so it was just really cool that those moments lined up. Um, but yeah, I mean the the bowl the playoff games being competitive was different than usual for sure, and it was good to see. I I said early in the TCU game when they got up, I said this would be the best thing for college football is TCU winning this game because it it you know everybody complains Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson you know, whatever other SEC team is hot, which has been Georgia here for a little bit. Um, You know, we're just used to the same stuff. You say it all the time. I I don't argue it by any means. TCU being in that championship game is great. Uh, I am, 
happy that Ohio State did lose because I, I don't like Ohio State. But um, I think that TCU-Ohio State game, the buzz wouldn't be quite what this will be with this is more of a David and Goliath situation. This is TCU that it was not that long ago in me and yours uh, college football fandom where TCU was, you know, non-power way down the ladder. And they've, they, they are the, the golden child of how to build your program up, you know, make conference moves to get your team on top. And here they are playing in the national championship game. So like, that's a great story, a great thing. Um, you know, they're what Boise state wishes they were. And uh, not to really, I mean, I, you know, that, that BCU and T, B, Boise State and TCU was kind of at similar times and TCU's just kept going. Uh, so it's not really Boise State's fault as much, but uh, this is awesome. It's, it's fun. Uh, they have a lot of character on that team. Uh, I think the last few times they've been the main game in front of everybody back at the Big 12 championship. And now that semifinal, they've really, you know, captured the entrance in interest. I'm not talking about tonight uh, of the public. Um, so I think they'll have a lot of fans, especially against, you know, the big, bad Georgia. Um, but they're gonna have their hands full, but Michigan was a good team. They played good teams. They beat them. They'll come in with a good game plan. I, I, I expect it to be at least somewhat of a game. I don't think this is just going to be some kind of route that we're getting set up for. I think it'll be competitive. And, that, and some of that is because of the way Georgia, their, their defense does a lot for them. And, you know, not last, yeah, their quarterback is good, but their quarterback, I don't think, is just Mr. All-World. So I think TCU will stay in that game. Even if Georgia wins, I do think TCU will be in that game. I think in the second half we'll be interested. I don't think we'll be falling asleep in the second half, though I can fall asleep during any game, apparently. Um, but, yeah, I th- I'm looking forward to a good game in the national championship. I say their defense didn't help them in the semifinal. No, they didn't play good in this game. No, they gave up a lot. That's true. That's why I I was surprised when it opened at 14 and a half and it's down to oh, 13 and a half. Yeah. I got in there. Mm-hmm. It's down to 13 <laughs> and a half now, um, which I would still take. Um, but it, I, I think it's going to be a close game too. But also I think this lean gives credence. I mean, it wasn't too long ago. You're right that they were a non-power five team and they were beating teams in BCS games. And I was saying they deserve a shot. This is why you need a playoff. And this is before the playoff. And now we have a playoff and, because they're in the right conference, they're allowed to join in. But this this gives credence to my argument. This is why you it need does. to let these teams in. Because they do they they do have the ability to win these games. They beat a blue blood program in Michigan. And yeah, I know they, Michigan they, is I, they're a better quality football program than they were during much of that stretch. I, I, I would, when I Andy would Dalton say. was there, they were a top team. They were number three when they entered their bowl game and they won it. What do you yeah, want them I to mean, be? That's part of that's what college football has been is uh, you've got to do it for a period of time before you're going to get your respect. And they've done that. And I, I agree. I'm, I'm not. But if there's a playoff, I'm Leland, which has always been my point, right. if you if there's an actual playoff, you get the respect because you beat it out of your opponents. And it's not something that a bunch of people sitting around a table that are used to just seeing certain names and writing certain names down have to give you the yeah. respect. Which is my biggest problem yeah. with college football. And it's getting better, but it's it's something that Again, this is why just because a school comes from a conference that you don't think is one the best conference doesn't mean they shouldn't be in the playoff. If they win that conference, they did something. It also helps for your side of things, too, that these these playoff games were competitive because we've seen a lot that haven't been. And that's what I kind of recoil at uh, the bigger playoff is. Are we just going to see more blowouts? And this year we're not seeing blowouts. We're seeing number four 
playing right with number but one. But I think so that I think that's makes been me have a lot more hope that we're going to see better games. And 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 the way that we both have acknowledged how this playoff is going to help college football, it's going to spread this talent back out a little bit. It's going to spread. You know, you're going to have the opportunity to get in the playoff without being at one of these four major schools. You know, the top of the top. So yeah, I I I think it'll be good. It, and it it makes me positive about what we're about to have happen in college football. And I know I said Georgia was going to kill Ohio State, and I was 100% wrong about that. I mean, Ohio State almost won the game. Um, but I will say, like, this isn't 100% out of the blue because there hasn't been a super dominant college football team this year. Georgia was probably your best case for a super dominant football team, but even their games against Missouri and Kent State, they were close. And so for me, I was like, yeah, I mean, this is a team that if they're not on their A game could get beat. And you're seeing that. And Stetson, as you alluded to, is good enough to win a national championship, but he's also good enough to get you in some trouble. And um, so I'm looking forward to this game. I like Sonny Dykes. I like TCU. I hope they find a way to win it. Um, That would be even better. Um, But. And then the college football playoff would be expanded immediately um, <laughs> because Alabama is sitting there. They're, they're in about the only bowl game that wasn't exciting to watch because they just drubbed Kansas they State. Dominated, yeah. um, but these other games have been close. I mean, USC Tulane, another example of why you got to let these teams in. Tulane looked dead to rights. I mean, they were done. And USC found a way, bless him, Lincoln Riley, found a way to choke that game away. I mean goodness there are people that swallow chicken legs whole that wouldn't choke that hard on the bone i mean (laughs) i don't know what he was doing passing out of his own end zone when you're up two scores just run the ball just run the ball the only way with that little time left to lose is if you get a safety and he managed to do it which is amazing i mean what an idiot but it was (laughs) it was phenomenally terrible for them to find a way to lose that game that way and and Tulane did enough. Um, I guess it was an eight-point game at the time. Um, but after seeing Tulane's first two-point conversion play, I would have loved to have seen a second one because I was like, well, that's going for two in that situation was super important to you, and that's a wide receiver reverse pass was the play we drew up. Okay. Well, well, well actually, that's not entirely true. The running back was in the quarterback position. The quarterback is at the wide receiver position. The running back gets the ball. They hand it off to the quarterback, who's then trying to throw it. And surprise, a super slow developing play on a two-point conversion does not work. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, with the third quarter, and I was like, I, I, it was to the point where I texted a friend. I was like, am I, does ESPN have the quarter wrong on there? It is the third quarter, right? And he goes, yeah. And I was like, okay. I was just wondering why the hell they felt the need to go for two still in the third quarter, and then compound that by doing an onside kick, which was yeah. extremely dumb. But then USC couldn't cash in, and, and yeah. Tulane did enough to, to end up winning the game in the end. Um, that was phenomenal, and I loved that for them. Uh, huge win for Tulane, and uh, it's, it's just been such an exciting, exciting bowl season. So many good it bowls. Has. Mississippi State yeah. was a good bowl game today against Illinois. Yeah, I had it on. What a backdoor I, I cover that was. What yeah, a backdoor cover that, that was. I, I immediately was trying to find what the number was. I didn't have that game uh, in my investment uh, portfolio. I had Now, apparently it got up to minus three and a half. I had it at minus three. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll get a push. I'll get my money back. 
And then when that ball hits the ground and that kid scoops it, I was like, please don't go down. Please don't go down. And he ran it all the way in like a true hero. And then we had to sweat it out to figure out what the flag was that was thrown. But it was a penalty on Illinois for a blindside block which before the fumble, which I loved. Uh, so beautiful. Uh, the other bowl game that stuck out to me, and this is going back a couple nights, the one that you uh, – I, I texted you during it, that Oregon-North Carolina game, <laughs> the San Diego County yeah. Credit Union Holiday Bowl. I sat here two weeks ago, and I'm like, game's always good for some reason it's always good and you just rolled your eyes and you're like Oregon's gonna roll North Carolina and I was like I, I mean I probably conceded I was like yeah probably, yeah maybe you know probably uh no that game was incredible that was a 28 27 game when someone's scoring with no time left kind of thing um I, it was awesome that one stood out um what others stood out Florida State Oklahoma was real tight and uh that was a fun one I I remember watching that one the other night South Carolina Notre Dame I did miss the end of that one I uh, I stepped away and thought I was going to catch the end of it, and then I I didn't. But uh, Notre Dame beating South Carolina in that one, that was a crazy game oh, with man. it going both ways. Yeah, I had to drive, and so I missed I missed that one, uh, the ending to the Notre Dame and South Carolina game. When I left Notre Dame, I was, you know, not recognizing Catholicism as a religion. And then um, when I got to my destination, I <laughs> saw that they had come back and won, which – um, it's good news for the Catholic faith because now I recognize it, but, um, huge win. I know that's what they were really hoping for, uh, and waiting on bated breath to find out this week, but a huge win. And, it, and they beat Spencer Rattler, which was the best. My only regret was that yeah. I didn't get to see his stupid face when they lost. Um, yeah, I did miss that part of it. That, that's been my struggle with South Carolina this year. Cause I, I'm, I'm pulled there because of Shane I like Beamer. Shane Beamer. Honestly, yeah. Back in the day, back when I was in college, I tended to root for South Carolina just kind of as the mm. anti-SEC team. Just like they're the they're the non-power, like I want them to win. And then uh, when I was out of college, Clowney came through there. And so, like, there was excitement there, too. Um, so I've had this history of kind of rooting for them. Uh, but, yeah, Spencer Rattler absolutely hurts that every time I see him on that screen. Uh, I can't wait for him to be gone. I guess he's still got another year there, though. Ugh. I don't know. Can he transfer to, like, uva or something so i can really hey everybody it. else just transfers after one year i, I this i i i am old man <laughs> get off my lawn about this stuff i just hate these guys just out of nowhere just transferring like now i know uva's quarterback he's going as a grad transfer or no 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 no, no. we talked about we talked about him already wake forest's quarterback he's going as a uh. grad transfer so that's not necessarily one that i'm as mad about because i don't mind Grad it's also his first Jordan. transfer. Yeah. And, 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 but initially it's just like, oh, he's transferring. It seems like, it sounds like Notre Dame is where he's going. I was like, oh, I hate this. But then I saw the grad transfer, but that was when there's plenty of other ones that aren't like that. That's like an example of that. And I, I just, I, they need to, they need to calm it down just a touch. These, these kids should have power and they should have the ability to leave like the coaches do, but just these kids that are on their third and fourth teams, it's just nuts. Yeah, I don't know. It's whatever. I don't, I don't, I mean, I understand what you're saying to a point, but I don't know if it's, I don't, I don't know, know if I care. Like, there is some aspects of old college football that I like, that, that I will continue to like. And these bowl you games aren't, they haven't been a big problem. Like, it's been interesting to watch these bowl games and these games that don't matter. They've been fun to watch. And, the, and I, I liked how Alabama had their top guys. They had, um, I think that was about sending a message. Uh, they but feel like run, they should have been in the playoff, which play. I don't. Yeah. 
Bryce Young deciding to play is huge. And I think it's a great example of like, I hope other people use that as, Hey, I can play in this game and look good and help my draft stock and, or at least not hurt it. And I don't know. I just, I, I hope some of that stuff can stay the same. I, I know bowl season is going to get murdered with a bigger playoff, but um, that, that is going to be a drawback. I think it is a negative. I don't think it's just something we roll over and say, oh, it's worth killing these rest of these bowls just for this. Um, oh, I, I disagree I, on that. I, I, I think we need the playoff. I'm fine with the playoff, but like I do have to acknowledge like that's a negative that I think does matter that like the, the bowl season is just going to get completely blown over because ESPN already blows over it. Like they already just focus on those two semifinal games during every halftime. They come from halftime on any game yeah. up until up until the big six. They during halftime, they don't even talk about the game. They talk about the semifinals coming up and then they mention the game. Like it's just so much their programming focus that it's just going to make these other bowl games go further away, especially now that you're going to have 10, 12 of the top teams involved in that. Um, so I just, I, I'm not saying don't do it because of it. I'm just saying like that, that has to be acknowledged and, and it, it's a known negative to the whole big playoff. Yeah. Um, but that's why I, I am in favor of a true like 16 team representative of the whole body of college football playoff, because if, if getting that means the bowl games die, I don't care. Uh, that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. If you want postseason play, be better. Yeah, I I look at it differently. I don't mind a different game every night of the week from mid to, from December seventeenth on. I, I yeah, don't mind I mean, I if they play them, I'll watch them. And the more playoff you do that, the more it gets. You know, it, it's this weekend and then the next weekend and then the next weekend. So. If they want to keep them, I'm fine. I'll watch them. Oh, I'm well, just saying, if they said, "Well, look, I mean, we'll go to sixteen teams and every conference champion gets in," but then that means no more bowls. I'd be like, "Cool, thumbs yeah. up. Let's do that." ESPN's not going to push for that. No one's going to push for the 16. I keep saying that. It's not worth arguing about. Leland, you say no one's going to push for 16 until four years of 12, and then they realize they can make even more money. How much does ESPN control this sport? Until they realize there's more money on the table, Leland, that's when it's going to go to 16. They love that program, and each and every night, and you look at these ratings that they're getting on Wednesday night in third week of December – Leland, like, they're gonna make money. Matters. They're gonna make money with a sixteen-team playoff. They're gonna make more money out of that than they will any damn bowl game. Period. When, when Period. The Cotton the Bowl can kiss hey, ESPN's behind. Down there, you're all hyped up on New Year's here. In the first round, when you have because that you're many saying something that's absolutely on, stupid. Up down to 11 p.m. start on ESPN two just to get the game in. They make more money at seven o'clock on Wednesday in December than they will the Saturday before it at 11 p.m. That is more valuable to them in programming. So that's why ESPN is not going to be pushing for that. I'm not saying it's impossible that it ever happens. I'm just saying ESPN likes cashing in that money where they have those primetime games for three weeks straight. That matters to them more than 11 p.m. on Saturdays when they have to slam that many games in at the beginning of December, middle of December. Does March Madness or the NIT make more money? They use... They use all day. It's a different, like you always try to go to March Madness and it's like, that's a two hour packaged sport where they can start at noon and go till it go till midnight. But there's more than one game going on at the same time as my point. They could do that with the college football playoff and be just fine. And I'm, 
if they if they have to do it, they'll do it. I'm just saying ESPN loves. I don't know. I've already said it once. I'm not gonna say it again. It's not. I'm not. A, I'm not saying something false. Yeah, but the like idea that ESPN is not gonna. The idea that the, the ratings that they get. The tax slayer bowl is more valuable than a 16 team playoff is laughable. Laugh if out loud, funny. At the ratings that get solo ratings, primetime solo ratings on a Wednesday in December, they will not be excited to see that value go. I'm away. not. No, I agree. They're not going to kill the Bulls with a 16 team playoff, but they're not going to not go to a 16 team playoff for the Tax Slayer Bowl because there's more money there than there is for the Tax Slayer Bowl. The tax layer bowl will get slayed. Why isn't it what we're getting right now? Because ESPN wants to gradually do it. Why didn't they jump to 12? Because somebody told them, oh, it's not going to do well. It's not going to do well. It's not going to do well. Because the Power Five don't want it right now. That's why. When is the Power Five going to want Mid- the Mountain West Conference to have a chance? Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's going to have to get pushed. <laughs> it's going to have to, they're going to have to have a governing body step in and actually control it and not let the conferences call the shot. And so ESPN is going to have to have less power, and that that would be the the big thing. ES, uh, ESPN maybe needs more power, but <laughs> or not ESPN in particular, but a governing body needs more power. It'll go out for a rebid in what is it, six years, something like that, forever. That, uh, our plan is not even going to be alive then, so it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> Those glaciers are coming. Yeah. We're not going to have any glaciers in six years, so don't worry about it. Yeah, um, that water's coming this way. We're going to have beachfront property here in Augusta County. Um, Hatfield won, though. I mean, yeah, he did. Dan Hampton, he jumped out to that big lead early. Um, he was, I mean, he's a 100-point lead in the bowl pick for EX Sports. But Matt Hatfield, just consistency. Having, I mean, he's going to have the most games correct. He has the most points. Uh, he already has more points than anybody can get max. That's why he's won. He's in the 98 percentile. Yeah, he's so we're going to bring Matt Hatfield on in addition to what we usually beg him to come on. uh, And we'll have to figure out what we want to talk about. I'm going to I'm probably law and order. What do you what do you want to come on and talk about? We'll talk about it. So uh, we'll have that in the coming weeks. Uh, And I'm not going to say we're not going to get out of that conversation with a little bit of college basketball or high school basketball talk. But uh, (laughs) we will kind of open it up to him and uh, let him go. So that's what you get if you get in this exports. these competitions that we put out there, this is what you get. You get to come on just like Matt Hatfield will. Uh, Dan Hansen has to wait a little bit. I also saw our friend Will Cash in person. Um, wow. He looked at me and said, I know you from somewhere. I had no idea who the heck he was on site. Uh, and uh, he goes, what's your name? I said, Leland. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm Will. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I had never seen him before. I guess he's seen pictures of us on the podcast. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we had a quick discussion and uh, – he was immediately jumping into his Laker uh, issues. Oh, so I'm glad he didn't win this contest because I really don't care about talking about the Lakers right now. <laughs> uh, but uh, it was good to see him in person. It's it's fun seeing people out in the wild, especially uh, Will Cash. I've only ever known his voice. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Matt Hatfield will be coming on soon. We'll get that set up. Yeah, him and his Lakers talk, man. I don't know. I just don't. One, like, I'm not super he, into the NBA, period. But, right. two, I, I – he is of the belief that people are out to screw LeBron with the Lakers. And I, I can't feel bad for somebody who's done it to himself. Yeah. I can't, I can't feel bad for the Lakers being a bad team when LeBron's the one who did it. So 
whatever. Speaking of bad teams, the Ravens managed to choke away a football game last they night. Beat. They were just beat by the better team is what clearly that happened. is not <laughs> at all. What happened? I, that was the first time I've actually, I had told myself, you know, like, all right, let's work on, you know, being less angry, being more calm, cool and collected in the new year. And that lasted, I don't know, a day <laughs> and not even. I was like, yeah, it got to 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, it was like 11 o'clock, 23 hours. Pretty good. Um, 23 hours. And I was just like, damn it. As soon as they threw that touchdown pass and I'm texting my friend and I'm just like, we're not going to score because we can't throw the ball. And sure I enough, we do because like all you need is what the 40 yard line somewhere in there. Yeah, but we can't get there unless we house a kick to the 20. Yeah. I mean, we yeah, housed a kick to the 35 and we couldn't even get a field goal because we managed to screw around and not get a field goal out of it. It was so okay. frustrating. Huntley is a OK backup. I never want him to be our starter long term. And I got news for you. All the people saying this means you got to pay Lamar. Absolutely not. I haven't seen Lamar post-injury. I am scared of what Lamar is going to be post-injury because it's a knee injury if I'm reading all the reports right. And that worries me. His game is predicated on his speed. If he is a step slower, he is. you can take $100 million off that contract as far as I'm concerned. You can tag him for a year, draft Hinden Hooker or whoever you want to draft in the, in the NFL draft. Tag him for a year, let that guy be behind Lamar, play him if Lamar goes down, and then you tell Lamar, deuces. And if Lamar wants to pout about it, keep him. I, I don't care. If you can get first-round picks, trade him. I don't care. You don't think he'd hold out from that? Um, I think he would be fined. Yeah. That's whatever he wants to do, that's fine. If, if there's a team that wants to give first-round picks for that, Multiple first round picks. Oh, great. If not, yeah. if not, if not, <laughs> let him sit. Yeah. Let him sit. I don't care. You, you think Lamar's game's going to get better by not playing? No. Again, if he loses a step, it's $100 million off his contract. Yeah, I, he I was dumb not, not to take $250 million guaranteed. Absolutely. I don't think he'll want to play without some multiple years ahead of him, uh, seeing what's happened to him the last two seasons. I mean, he just gets injured, so he can't. You can't play somebody like that. You can't pay somebody like that. You just can't. Not in the NFL. Well, I was happy that the Steelers won that game because it kept them in the playoff talk. I don't know how deserving they are of that, but I I don't mind them kind of maintaining these eight-win seasons they've had for since the year they drafted Ben Roethlisberger and they were bad that year. Every year since, they've been eight wins or better. Uh, they will achieve that again. I think the actual way they most of the time quote that is 500 or better. Um, if they mm-hmm. lose this week, they won't be 500, but then they'll just turn into that eight win thing that I'm saying. I, I'm not super optimistic about this week. It is Cleveland. That's a team Steelers can beat. Uh, but I think even with that win, they have to have help to get in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to have, I think the bills win, which I think is reasonable, but the Bills, but the, and the Bills are still pushing for that one seat. So I, I that's why I stay optimistic about that one. Uh, but what was the? the Do you need the Dolphins to lose too? It was what? It, ah, man, I, I wish I had it in front of me. But it was one of them I was worried about. I think it was the Jets beating uh, the Patriots. That's what. That's what it is. And uh, so I, that I one I'm a little less that. optimistic about because the Jets are already eliminated. They're a mess at quarterback. So like I just don't I don't think the other things are going to happen for the Steelers to make the playoffs. 
but I, I don't mind consistently good. Now, I know friend of the show, Rob Ron, has told me for longer than this podcast has existed. He hates DNA going 500. Year isn't great because it, he's don't not wrong about that. Pick, yeah. And he's not wrong. But I do appreciate the consistency of being half decent uh, in a way. And since that's what we have, I'm going to find my optimistic point of view on it. Uh, but yeah, I, I acknowledge that it might have benefited more to tank this season once it kind of turns out to get, you know, some defensive edge pressure, some better linebackers. I, I don't know anything on the board. I know we're not getting another quarterback, uh, but Pickett, Hey, I mean, I, that brings back the point of Pickett. He, he made winning plays down the stretch of that game. That's what the Steelers want, man, between Pickett and uh, the running back that I can't believe that I'm blanking on at this uh, current second from Alabama. Like that was a uh, Najee Harris. I, I, that was like Steelers looking football with what, the, what they were doing. So if they can get more of that, you're only going to have Najee Harris doing anything close to that for so long, but I, I don't mind that mold of the offense. I know our offensive coordinator has been very questionable throughout the season. Uh, so I, it probably saved him some off season strife. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing either, but uh, yeah, that's, that's where they're at. And like I said, I'll take the positive that's laid in front of me and say positive things about it. I, I appreciate that. We're not just some team that gets crappy a lot. Um, I appreciate that out of my Steelers. Yeah, no, he's not wrong. I mean, it's, it's really hard to build a franchise being mediocre. Um, But to answer your playoff scenario question, you need to win against Cleveland, and sure. then you need the Jets to beat the Dolphins. That's the other game. Jets beat Dolphins. Yeah. Mm. I wouldn't feel great about that. Yeah. It's, it's in Miami. If it was in New yeah. York, maybe. I don't like the Jets beating anybody. So that's, No, that's... <laughs> the Jets have been really bad. Yeah, the, remember when we thought the Jets were going to go to the playoffs, and then the Jets were the Jets? I will say I never jumped on either of the New York teams being good enough to make the playoffs. And I was right and wrong. So the giants, they, they, they clinched. very well. Oh, do they clinch? Yeah. They're in. Mm, how about that? I don't like that. Yeah. Mm. The Patriots need the jets and the Browns. There's no way for the, I think the jets are officially eliminated. I don't think they can get it. The jets are officially eliminated. Ah, that's a shame. Um, well, I mean, I mean, here's the thing. I just think with the NFL playoffs, there's a lot to watch on this last week, and it's going to be interesting. But Leland, I know you sent you wanted to talk about it on here, and I did too. I I couldn't believe the other local team. Um, one Carson Wentz. I I don't know. People are mad at him for playing Carson Wentz. I don't think there was a right answer there. Tyler Heineke hadn't played well in the last few games. And so you try to mix it up and you go to Carson Wentz and that doesn't work. But the really damning part is in the postgame press conference when they're like, well, if the Packers win and you guys get eliminated, are you going to play Sam Howell? And he's like, wait, we can be eliminated. And I was like, nope, you can't say that. You cannot say that out loud. If even if you don't know, as soon as the reporter says that, you just come up with your answer. You just say, "Uh, you know, we'll worry about it when we know. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to deal on hypotheticals. We'll wait and see what happens with the Packers before we decide what we want to do on Sunday. Like, and then you just, and then you learn something. You don't say, wait, what? We could be eliminated? Because then it's like, oh, you don't know what you're doing. While I agree, you absolutely can't, like, be the 
odd man out in that situation. You can't be the dumbest guy in the room yeah. on that. I, as much I Twitter went nuts about it, just going crazy. I don't care. I absolutely don't care. Okay, but care. you're not a and fan like, of that aggressively team. Aggressively don't care. Every time I saw the tweet, I was like, I don't care. Was he not trying to win? Was he trying to win less because he thought he had some room to deal? No, he was trying to win that game. Number one, focused on winning that game. And so if somehow in his scenario, he really didn't pay attention to all these scenarios that included teams outside of his division and all this, and he didn't have all those down to a T. And knowing that if everything goes this right way, after 1 o'clock, it could come down to where the Packers... Like, I don't care. Like, I absolutely don't care. If if I'm listing out stuff that I have issues with Rivera on, starting Wentz and how he's handled this quarterback room and what he came into the season with with quarterbacks would be much higher on my list than his acknowledgement of what's going... Or maybe not acknowledgement, but knowledge of, of what's going on in... Week 18 playoff scenarios. I do not care. I don't think he coached that game in a way that showed me that he thought he had room to work with. He did. I, he was trying to win. He's always trying to win. I'm not questioning that man's professionalism and going out there and trying to win. So when all week he's working to beat that team and get that win, stay in the hunt, and then when they lost, things kind of fall apart and, and you're not sure of where everything stands, I could – I really, I don't care. I do not care. That's not on my list of things to not like about Rivera. Now, I agree with the way you presented it there that he can't say that. He can't say that out loud. You need to not not, not know things. <laughs> the post-game press conference, you need to appear to know it all. But I don't care. It's not on my list of reasons. Yeah, but I think if you're a fan of the team, your tune changes on that. I understand why Washington fans are upset. I understand why the national media is poking fun. Like, it's... That's not good. That's not a good look. There's not nothing good, look. good about what happened there. But I just don't like, I don't take that as some indication of the quality of work he's doing. I really, mm. I really don't. I can't, I mean, you get these coaches that are so focused on winning and like they had to win and still other stuff happened to really put themselves in a good situation. So you didn't take care of his business. I like, think that's fine. There was other stuff that happened in the one o'clock slot that, turned it into that way. Like, you know, you look at these two week playoff scenarios of what has to happen between these two weeks and there's, you know, 16 different things and all of them went perfect that way for them to be in that spot in that post-game press conference. While I agree, he can't make, he can't say something that acknowledges that he doesn't know. I, I, it's just, I'm I not think worked, I wouldn't be worked up about it. I think you have to know if you lose and green Bay wins, you're eliminated. I think you do have to know that. But other like, but it wasn't going into the game. It wasn't like if we lose and Green Bay wins later, it's out. No, it was also the Giants doing what they did. It was also Minnesota, I think, getting them blown out uh, helped some factor of that. Like there was scenario, like multiple other team game scenarios that happened during one o'clock that got in the mix of that. Like, I, I don't know. I, while I agree, you can't portray that you don't know that. I don't, I get, there's so many other things that I would, I think with a new ownership group, I do not care about. I that. think with a new ownership group coming in, potentially, which means a new front office is going to come in. One, I think that new front office is. I mean, if you're in the front office, you might as well update your resume now because as soon as that team sold you, you're not going to have a job. Um, and I, I think Ron Rivera is now in that in that boat. Yeah, I he's, think he's whatever whatever he could have said about, look, I'm just trying to keep this thing afloat. There was all these stuff, all this stuff going on. You know, I think I deserve a chance. I think that answer right there is, nope, you are fired. You cannot 
You cannot say that. You cannot the not know. The number one off-season priority for any Commanders fan is making sure that ownership changes. I mean, that's... I think, that's I think you're having a total... There is not a person that works in that organization that survives. Except I, for maybe the lowest, because, like, ticket salespeople. I say the number one, and the only thing that really matters is that ownership changing. Because, number two, I don't want that ownership deciding they're staying in and they're making a coaching change. I don't want that ownership. Oh, no, that would be bad. Coach. So yeah. that's why you got to start from the top. It's got to start there. Then you can start worrying about what the next big priority is. Maybe it's Rivera. It's definitely something in the quarterback room, I'll tell you that. Whoever's coaching that team needs a better quarterback room. Yeah, because I, I, I mean, I do. I think the team president's gone. I think the GM, whatever they call him, um, gone. I think assistant GMs are gone. Scouting is gone. Like I just think, I think when the new owner gets new ownership group gets in there, they're just going to say, you know what, we're just going to blow this thing up. But what's the worst that happens? We don't make the playoffs. Okay. All that diverse hiring that they've done in the last eighteen months. Well, change. but even that hasn't gone well, right? <laughs> like that's not. He's not that's a popular figure in that fan base right now because of how all these. And I don't know how much of it is honestly his fault, but at a certain point, you can't. You can't get in. You can't get in front of the microphone and say, you know, we did this well. I'm like, no, I'm not talking about the head coach. I'm talking about the team president. Yeah, any of them, all of them. Like when that Sean Taylor thing happened, you can't get out and say we did our best here, and everyone coming out this was blah blah. They're not being professional. I was like, no, you were the one who wasn't being professional. There was not a part of that that didn't look like a last-minute rush job. It just seems like they throw so much stuff to try to distract everybody. Like even that's the problem. Thing, that's the problem. Mascot and like like everything. It's all like in reaction and divert attention. Like at some point, own how bad things have been and like stop trying to shove this other stuff in the way of the of the view of the team because it, it, it's everybody sees right through all of this. I don't think there's a single person pumped about Major Tutty. No, who would? Who would? I do hope the new ownership group, when they come in, actually does a real, you know, memorial to Sean Taylor because that. That's deserved. That was offensive. Um, But moving on to college basketball, Virginia Tech is now maybe not a basketball school. Um, Losses. A soccer school, baseball. Yeah, we're a diamond school. And then we'll disappoint in the playoffs. But um, which maybe that's the Virginia Tech way. I don't know. Um, they've lost. They lost to Boston College and Wake Forest. Playoffs are not in the playoffs. It one and done. That's what. That's the name of our program. Um, they just both of those games. You kind of need to win. I understand Wake's better than people thought, but kind of need to win that. And it's frustrating that they didn't. Yeah, it's very frustrating that they didn't. I, I watched them. They were frustrating throughout. Uh, I guess I watched the second half of BC. The weight game, I, I was distracted, but I was watching. And, uh, yeah, it's just you got to win those. If you're a top-tier ACC team like I had uh, you know, tattooed across my chest, uh, <laughs> we got we to gotta win those games. Well, like no you, you need those games later because you are going to have – you might lose to a wake or a BC throughout an ACC season. But back to back, kind of the start the run of ACC games, you're going to want to have those back, and you can't have both those losses. Like you just, you just can't. So it, it was tough. Road games to start the ACC season. I mean, it's it's a tough conference, and now they get a couple of home games, and that'll be nice. And they absolutely have to win those. Now there's a whole lot of absolutely have to win games because you used up both of your 
Uh, if you have two mulligans, uh, yeah. whoopsies, you've used them both already. So now <laughs> you just got to win. You can only lose to teams, yeah. you know, that are definite top two or three teams in the ACC, and you got to go on another run. They did it last year, so it's not it's sure. not impossible for them to really turn it up and get going and uh, and then have a great ACC tournament. But, uh, yeah, it's it was not what I wanted. I wanted them to kind of stay ranked throughout the season, and uh, now they're going to have to fight their way back in. Yeah, UVA, they lost to Miami in Miami. That's a really, really dangerous yeah. Miami team, though. That's a, Speaking of teams that might factor into an ACC championship, that's one. Right. Um, Not an embarrassing loss. No. no. Then they rebounded. They beat Georgia Tech pretty solidly. They've got Pitt. They should not have a problem there. And Syracuse at home. Um, I would think both of those are wins for UVA. I think they're going to be fine. Um, as long as their score ends up. I mean, that's that's the thing I keep watching with this team. Yeah. They got to keep that scoring up. That's what the reason they won the national championship a few years ago is they had a great defense. They still. Oh, I don't know if they're a national a championship team. I, I won't I, go that far. I don't think they are, but like winning the ACC, I kind of put in that same mindset. No, nah, they've uh, won the ACC with terrible offense before. I I think if they, you know, I mean, their fans want to win a national championship. You win a national championship. Yeah, I understand. I'm telling them. has to be there, so that's what I'm speaking to. This is and me so, saying that's not going to happen, I guess. Yeah, I I definitely hope it doesn't. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying, not I'm not, hope isn't a part of what I'm saying. I am saying, realistically they're not good enough to do that yeah so yeah i think they'll have a good week i hope virginia tech has a good week they need to rebound just with things trending lately i guess it's more of a um, worry on the virginia tech side this week mm-hmm. uh jmu they kind of came back down to earth a little bit from what gets pumped into uh the jmu fan base of how great they are well the only reason way. they lost that game was because those refs apparently weren't sanctioned because that's probably a thing that State, happened yeah. well, i don't Here's the thing. One, I don't believe that happened. I don't believe unsanctioned referees officiated a collegiate D1 basketball game. I don't think it's a thing that happened. Now, some people aren't going to investigate because it's clickier just to say that that's what happened. But those people are unprofessional and idiots, and you shouldn't pay attention to them. Yes, but then they did have good wins come back behind mm-hmm. with at Georgia State, at Marshall, and kind of uh, those are two games that they can kind of hang their hat on on two road Those are games huge wins, yes. In the Sun Belt uh, system or season where they'll uh, they'll be happy that they had those. So we'll see what they get uh, going forward. But I think, I think expecting a strong season from JMU isn't crazy. And, no, uh, the Sun Belt's not great. I think it's gotten, I think it's gotten framed because of higher expectations of that. I think the same thing happened in football season. I think there's a consistent thing that we're talking about here that you just hammered on a second ago where, you know, it's these unimaginable uh, expectations get thrown out. So then it seems like a huge disappointment when things are still pretty good. And I think things are still pretty good at JMU for their basketball team. So they got Texas state this week and uh, yeah, that'll be a fun Sunbelt schedule to watch. I watched a lot of that Marshall game. We had the multiple TV set up on new year's Eve. And uh, they they were leading that whole game, and Marshall's kind of solid this year, so I, I I do think it was as positive. Yeah, no, I mean Marshall's twelve and three. That's a huge win. Yeah. It's the first loss they've go. had at home this year. There you go. So that's a big win. And then Georgia State is not as great, but it's still a huge win to get on the road. And now you've got, I mean, you know, Georgia Southern. That's the other two and zero team in the conference um, that doesn't look fantastic. I, I wouldn't read too much into Southern Miss is 13 and two undefeated at home. We'll see what happens when they have to play, but um, 
I, I think JMU, I, you and I have talked about this though coming in. Like the Sun Belt wasn't the men's basketball wasn't what we were looking at in terms of going to the Sun Belt. Like, oh man, it's gonna be so much tougher in the CAA. Like, the Sun Belt's not a great basketball conference. Marshall, yeah. them adding Marshall actually made it a better basketball conference. Um, but I am curious to see how JMU does over the course of the whole season. Uh, I think that winning the Sun Belt tournament isn't a crazy thing to throw out there. But if they don't win the Sun Belt tournament, I also don't think that means it's a failure of a season. Right. I just, I wish the temperature would get. <laughs> I wish the temperature was realistic. And when we play three non-D1 opponents, we don't read into the non-D1 games. I, it just goes back to the football when all of a sudden, like the college football playoff was part of the discussion. I'm like, what, what are we doing? What? That's what next year. Apparently, when they're eligible. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if, but yeah. Looking at the women's game, the Hokie women lost uh, two games there uh, during this holiday period, which hurt them. But then they got a nice win at UNC. And so, um, or again, versus UNC, they hosted UNC. So they kind of had a little bit of up and down here. The loss to Notre Dame, top five team, okay. Uh, but it was a home game. But the loss at Clemson, that's kind of the more troublesome loss for the women. But to come back right behind that uh, just a few days later, beat UNC, a top 15 women's basketball program, that's great. But they have the showdown with UVA coming up uh, this week. I think that's on Wednesday or Thursday, um, whenever the fifth is. Um, so uh, I'm not used, to, not used to this 23 calendar yet. Uh, that UVA showdown is going to be fun because UVA's had a heck of a start to the season. They got that Sam Brunell, the hometown, kind of just north of Charlottesville girl that went to Notre Dame. Now she's kind of playing back at home. They're 13-1 and one on the season. So that's kind of a showdown, especially with a team that's not ranked. Um, but here in the Commonwealth, we've talked a lot about the basketball between the, you know, the men's and women's games being good in the Commonwealth. Uh, here's a big one right between each other. So that'll be something to watch this week. That's a huge, huge matchup there. And I think, um, like we've said, it, it, that's one that UVA fans keep saying, you know, we should be ranked, we should be ranked. You win that game, you're going to be ranked. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, I mean, Textile is. Yep. Um, JMU women, they've had their good start. They're 2-0 and in the conference, 12-2 and overall. You know, this is the JMU women's program that we're used to seeing. Now, the, it's a harder season schedule in the Sun Belt than the CAA, but in not women's by basketball. Much. Yeah. And so it's not a, it's not crazy to think that they can do real real well. But also these last couple of years in the CAA, they haven't been dominant in the CAA. So uh, it's still something to watch there. But you know, if you're going to be awesome, you got to start awesome, and they've and they've started pretty awesome. So uh, that's good to look for. But I know uh, you've been calling the VCU women's games, and they're just not at the level that they've been these last couple of years. Um, yeah, they're trying to replace the leading scorer and, and one of the yeah. best players that's ever come through the program. That's been a little difficult. They've got a lot of new faces. Hey. You know, the VCU spin zone you're going to get is, from me is <laughs> that uh, their their last two games, they've had their highest point totals of the season in their last two games. So go. the offense is getting better. The freshmen are playing better. Uh, and I think this is something that as the season goes on, they're going to keep improving and Hopefully they're able to get some wins. They're on a six-game losing streak. Uh, they lost in overtime to St. Louis, which was a pretty heartbreaking way to lose. Um, so they're going to have to rebound quickly, though, and, and get ready for some road games. Uh, and I think the next home game is January 14th against George Mason. Uh, that'll be a big one. But they've they've got their work 
cut out for them and uh, they're going to have to just keep working on improving steadily as the season goes on and, and be able to close out some games. Cause right now that's in the last two games, that was kind of the problem. It was the closeouts. Uh, they were in games, even leading at points and, and just weren't able to close it out. So it's about um, putting four quarters together. Well, I hope, I hope they can. I, I, I like, uh, I like you calling meaningful games. So I'm, I'm hoping they can, swing upward and, you know, create some momentum going into a postseason, uh, postseason tournament or something. But yeah, maybe it's not going to get the results that you were hoping for this year out of them, but good luck to them. Um, all right. Any other sports going on right now when you talk about what's this Rose Bowl doing? My, my iPad died over here. The Rose Bowl was tied at halftime last time I saw. My iPad died during halftime, so hadn't seen the update. But, uh, yeah, we're recording Monday night, and uh, you guys will get this soon. Yeah, it just started second half, still tied. Um, so, yeah, nothing else current that we need to hammer on. Uh, let's get into the D block. Uh, what's dominating my life? I don't have an answer here, and that means I need recommendations. So I'll, I'll take wow. one or two from you right now, but I'm also, you know, telling the audience, anybody that wants to tweet, uh, tweet us at Pod or through Facebook or Facebook Messenger even, or email us yaksportspod at gmail.com. I need recommendations. Uh, okay. We kind of did a West Wayne rewatch, and uh, that took up a good period of time, and that was the uh, food for the soul through uh, November and December here. But I, I, we want something different, something we haven't seen already. I don't want just another rewatch. So uh, any listeners out there, feel free to throw some ideas at us. And this isn't just uh, Leland will take one, and that's it. I, I might watch everything that gets recommended. Um, except for whatever Joe tells me. Yeah. That's, that's the one they'll be first to say nah to. Um, so you got anything off the top of your head? Yeah. Glass Onion's good if you haven't watched it yet. That Knives Out movie? Yeah. I, I you know, I probably will cut that on. I doubt that's. Uh, Did you I'm watch Knives Out? No. Do I need to watch that first? It's not that super. There's no connection other than the main character transitions from the first to the second. Yeah, I wasn't picking up that I needed to watch the first. You um, don't. And I'm not rolling out watching the first. Um, but I've heard a lot of people talking about it. So uh, I was considering that seems more of something I might just throw on. Um, it's a movie. A yeah. yeah. It's just a movie. I'm, I am looking for a series if I didn't make that clear. And I'm not, I know, I know you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but yeah, we're looking for something to watch in the evening time, uh, you know, after the kids go to bed. Um, some kind of series that carries on. But Knives Out is on my list of possible watches. Yeah, in terms of series, I, I I haven't watched anything new. Um, I just finished his Dark Materials, which is kind of the if you ever saw the movie The Golden Compass, it's the series that's based on that. Um, it's okay. I don't know if you'd like it. So is that a real recommendation? Like, I don't know if you would like this, but. <laughs> Like I don't, I don't know if I don't know how familiar <laughs> you are with that story either. There's, yeah, it was based on term. some books. Like, yeah. So, I liked it, but I, I mean, it's not my favorite thing on HBO. It's not even so, my favorite thing watching. My the favorite thing I'm watching right now. I know you're not going to like, so I won't even recommend it. Like which Muppet movie is it? Uh, well, it's not a Muppet movie, but that's a good guess. The Circle's <laughs> back. The Circle is back. Uh, I started yeah. that. It's absolutely trash television, but if you don't, if you just need to unplug and just watch trash television, great show to watch. My 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 version of trash television or what I feel kind of serves that purpose for me is throwing on those like 
Netflix action movies, you know, bullet train, you know, is whatever on there. big action star that they just threw a whole bunch of money at, come make a movie or six with us. Look, that, that's kind of my level of mm. like throwaway. I'm going to watch this, watch a bunch of stuff explode the story. I mean, it's like the, the male equivalent to a Hallmark movie. And I, I guess it's not uh, politically correct to signify that with gender, but like it's the testosterone based Hallmark movie. It's just like, you know, throw in action star. This has got to, you know, we got to have, but a lot of explosions at the beginning and then we'll explain a little bit of story and then we'll explode thing for the next hour. Uh, I'm, that's my like kind of bottom of the barrel of trash TV. I think I, I think that I go to bullet train. Then. Uh, the, uh, the things we've had recommended to me that are on the list. White Lotus is one. Have you heard much? About I haven't that? watched white Lotus. I've heard a lot about it, but I haven't watched it. Yeah. Everybody's talking about it and the cast list looks good. The cast like, list looks amazing, but I just, I don't know if that's going to be something I watch. Yeah. It's it's it might be what we go to. I'm not sure. The patient that's uh, Steve Carell, yes. and I and he's got the intern uh, or he's got the nepotism nephew on there, I believe. Uh, did you watch that? I loved the patient. Okay, so that's probably gonna get watched because uh, some of my closest friends and now and also you know business associates from podcasting have now recommended mm-hmm. that. Uh, so that's probably on the list. Um, and then uh, nope, that's it. So I would write down the one you wrote in the middle there. So yeah, the, so no, I would imagine the patient is probably what's coming. Okay. Yeah, I, it's really good. Buckle up. I heard they're like half hour or like. Yeah, it's half hour episodes, episode, so you can fly right yeah. through them. Buckle up. Yeah, I'll tell See, you right my now. My wife has a psychology major and stuff, so I think like buckle up. That'll draw her in good. Mm-hmm. I think she's. I think she's on board. I, I'm telling you, buckle up, because I know how you like. Oh, it'll be negative. Yeah, you can tell. It's you don't like dark good. stories. Buckle yeah. up. That's fine. I think we're open to that at this at this moment. Okay. I'm still I'm still not buying into. Uh, oh, what's the one on Hulu where? Handmaid's Tale. Like dystopia. Um, Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, yeah. that's. That was, I'm still not there. I watched two episodes of that. Show I haven't watched I that like, either. I haven't watched an episode of that yet. <sighs> we watched it at a. You know, when my wife was pregnant. So it's just not the best topic. Great timing. Time. Yeah. But I don't, I think it turned me off enough, like, from that storyline that I just, <laughs> I'm not good when, uh, when babies are not treated well. So, <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. What's been dominating your life? I went to a Caps game this weekend. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, the Caps played the Montreal Canadiens. And uh, we celebrated the new year off right on New Year's Eve. Closed the 2022 with a bang. Uh, went in. got. I knew I was getting a free cup. But because I was with a group, I didn't realize we were getting a free hat, which is good. Because I no longer have that free hat. Um, Ovechkin got a hat trick. And I threw it. Now, didn't make it to the ice. But I like to assume the person that got hit when I threw it, picked it up and threw it on the ice. Yeah. It's like the streamers at JMU, you pick it up and throw it again. Yeah, so yeah, you're, that's, that's do your job. Um, but yeah, it was nine to two. Um, they just absolutely drubbed the Canadians, uh, made some yeah. money on it, on the investment. The investment was an Ovechkin goal, five and a half goals in the game and caps win. Obviously I should have bet 10 and a half goals and an Ovechkin hat trick and really made some money. But um i wasn't that confident but that's what happened it was it was a great game it was a lot of fun um good friends and then uh, we did a gift exchange and um, uh does dc does dc have legalized betting does uh no 
Okay. So you have so, to place your wager before you go into DC. See, I'm headed unless to you're at like Nats Park or something. I'm going to Virginia Junior in the future here, uh, and I'm looking forward to playing placing some hokey bets while I'm out of the state, uh, just so I can lose them all and be very disappointed. But like that's 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 what I was wondering if you were able to get any mm. bets in that you couldn't normally make while you're up there. No. Um. But we had a good time. It was a lot of fun. And then we did a gift exchange. And um, one of my friends, I'll show you now, got me uh, Yak Sports socks that he managed to hot. find the logo and uh, put them on socks. So that was cool and totally something I wasn't expecting. But love it. It was awesome. I need to be friends with your friends. Yeah. <laughs> those are awesome. I like those. Um, all right. So last week we did some of the, like, what are you looking forward to in the next two weeks and stuff? So I'll say what, uh, what was a highlight? Like you already talked about new year's, but maybe before that, the last two weeks, what was a highlight? Um, you know, was the Muppet Christmas Carol, the peak? Oh yes. Thank you for bringing that up. The Muppet Christmas Carol is just fantastic and amazing. And I'm telling you, it's to the point now where I can't sing the song or I can't not sing the songs when they come on. Um, it's just great. I love it. And um, I'm glad Charles Dickens wrote The Christmas Carol so Jim Henson could do it better. But it's it's fantastic. And I wish that Muppet Studios would take more literary classics and Muppetize them. Um, because one, I, I will watch the hell out of it. And two, I think it's a great way to get kids into those literary classics. I w- I'm telling you right now, I could not care about the Christmas Carol if it wasn't for the Muppet Christmas Carol. I could n- give a rip about Treasure Island if it wasn't for Muppet Treasure Island. I watched those as a kid, and then when I got older, I was like, now I want to read the story and see, you know, read the real version. And I did, and and they're good. But the Muppets introduced me to that. And I think the Muppets could do that again for more literary classics, and I would like to see that. I mean, I'm not saying that it has to be, you know, there's certain ones, obviously, I don't think they should make a Muppet version of, you know, like a Muppet version of Catch-22 might be a bad idea. Um, but who knows? I'll watch it if they make Muppet it. Muppet version of Gone Girl or something? Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> but if they, if they, if you're saying, Joe, they're going to make this, are you going to watch it? Yes. I mean... It, it, it'd be interesting if that comes about. The Muppets haven't really had their full rotation back into uh, the limelight. You know, it seems like a lot of the 80s, even 70s and 80s stuff, it kind of they, they have these cycles where it kind of comes back and has popularity. And I think they tried there, though, with those Muppet series on ABC and yeah. stuff. And they didn't really take off. So uh, at some point, they'll get another chance. To, but I think maybe instead of a series, maybe that's the thing. Like, maybe you just make a go movie. Go make a movie. Yeah. Go make a movie. With like a Disney Plus situation, you'd you'd think there'd be some room for something like that. Sure, and I, you know, without maybe I should have sat oh, down. Call her up. Tell them your recommendation here. Yeah, maybe I should have you know sat down and thought about which literary classic I think. You know what, Muppet version of Moby Dick would be great. There you go. There you go. Make it now. That's just off the top of my head, but Moby Dick. <laughs> All right, so that was the peak from uh, from the previous two weeks. I mean, 
Christmas in general with the family is probably yeah. the peak. But yes. Yeah. And for and podcast purposes, yes. <laughs> that was my general answer was um, the, uh, that I talked about that 18 hour period from like getting home Christmas Eve to leaving the next day. And, and, and ours was awesome. Uh, that cold spell right before Christmas. I not hated my that. Favorite. No, I that hate zero that. degree stuff. I just, yeah, now we're in the 50s and 60s and 60 couple. I just, I would trade, like, let's just split the difference. Like, nope. instead of zero degree days, instead of 60 degree days, let's just have some 30 degree days nope. consistently and not have the zero. I I hate the zero. I, I went out, I was having to move a basketball goal around because uh, my wife and I gave our kids a new basketball goal and some new baskets, basketballs. And uh, I had to build it, which I was able to build inside. And, uh, that was nice, but then I needed to get it on a trailer and be able to move it around on Christmas Eve without being seen. And that zero degree weather really interfered with my brain activity, uh, when trying to do that Uh, so much so that I believe I handed, uh, my, a gift for someone Mm -hmm. to them directly instead of the person that was supposed to give it to them. So that was a fun little, uh, mix up in the, in the, in there, but yeah, that's zero degree was not my favorite. Yeah, no, it's it's terrible. Um, and unlike you that wants to split the difference, I'll just take the 60-degree days. I don't need the cold. I hate the cold. Those five zeros are worth it. The cold sucks. I hate the cold so much. This week reminded me why moving to, like, Pennsylvania would be a terrible idea. Oh, yeah. No, if I move, I move south. Yeah, I, like, I can't. Country if that happens, but. The idea of living north of maryland seems impossible yeah i i agree with that um well joe i have the opportunity i'm going to maryland in august to see tyler childers that was one of the gifts i was given oh. and uh, that was awesome but another gift that i'm excited about that kind of had has had a little more buildup than uh my tyler childers concert that i'm very excited about and uh is a top gift to get uh, but me and my brother-in-law over the last 15 years have always been like, okay, we're going to go to the baseball hall of fame when Griffey goes in and then it doesn't happen. And then all oh, we're going to go when Mike Piazza goes in, cause he's a Mets fan and it doesn't happen. Well, on the day after Christmas, I opened up a gift, him and I opened up at the same time and him and I get a, a little shared experience of going to Cooperstown, uh, at any time we select this year. Um, and so him and I will go up there. We have the gas, the hotels, the tickets into the hall of fame. I think some food and drink money, all of it paid for. Um, and some of that by one of our, uh, our top listener, my mom, uh, is nice. Is, uh, was in on that. So, uh, yeah, I'm super excited about all the trips that I get to do, but that Cooperstown one, uh, has been a long time coming. And it was one of those things I kind of always put off. And it's nice that I get to kind of prioritize doing that. Uh, so I'm aiming right now for April, but I'm really excited to be going to that. And then I'll look ahead to summer vacations and the, and the August concert and all that. And I'll be excited about those just as much as they come. But uh, right now, my, my mind's on Cooperstown, and I am just super excited. I will say for listeners, anybody that's gone there before, if you have recommendations, I am way uh, – my, my, my door is completely open to recommendations or just uh, – you know, look out for's kind of things. Cause, uh, I know nothing about Cooperstown, New York or, uh, approaching the hall of fame. It says plan for two hours for your visit 
on the website, I think I could easily spend eight hours in there. Yeah. So I want to know, am I wrong in thinking that or what? So I, I just, I, I want to talk it out. I do know somebody that worked at the hall of fame, uh, um, um, someone I went to school with. And so I am going to be calling her about this um, because she's on like the historic side of education and stuff. And she got an internship, I believe is when she worked there. And so I'm going to hit her up about some information, but if any of our listeners have gone, I so want to hear what you, uh, your thoughts or recommendations or anything. Cause I, I want to optimize this trip. Cause you know, I don't think I'm going twice. I think this is my uh, once in a lifetime trip to Cooperstown. And so uh, I'm going to go see, Griffey's uh, enshrinement there and as well as everybody else's um, nothing to do with Barry Bonds though. I won't say anything about him or Pete Rose, um, but yeah, it'll be fun. I'm excited. Super, super, super excited. You will see some stuff about Barry Bonds. I guess I will see some stuff. I won't see the enshrinement. Of no, you bust. won't see his bust in the hall no. of fame, but you will see some Barry Bonds memorabilia. Um, Maybe I have to take like an asterisk sticker and, and throw it <laughs> some places around. Right. Um, <laughs> but it's it's fun. Um, yeah, it it took my brother, cousin, and I more than two hours when we went through. So I would say yeah. you're not wrong in thinking that. How um, long? Uh, I don't remember how long now, but it was it was way more than two hours. Great, but that's awesome. because my brother and I are super into baseball, and we're like looking at yeah. all this stuff oh, and, and paying attention to it. So um, I will say the drive is going to be longer than you think. Yeah, it's like seven and a half. It, on, you feel every bit of it. I <laughs> see I was looking at the map and it's hard for me to ignore that it goes right through Scranton. And so I was wondering about getting to Scranton on the first. Yeah. Day. I took the wrong exit having... on Scranton. There's what I took a wrong exit on Scranton. We ended up in the, uh, not great Scranton part. Okay. Um, take the Steamtown mall Steamtown yeah. mall exit. That's the one you want. <laughs> Don't take the other one. So yeah, that was one of my ideas to maybe break it up. Cause I do think it's a, it's at least, I think it's a two-nighter for the way we're looking at it. So uh, that's one of my ideas to help break up that trip. Yeah. No. Um, you feel, yeah, you feel every bit of that drive. It's long. And because New York and their infinite wisdom, every other state kind of has it, the exit number by the mile marker. And so you're like, oh, 13. Are you still numbered up there? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Yes. You're like, 13. Awesome. And then you cross over to New York, and it's like, exit one. And then you drive 20 miles and you're like, did we pass it? Exit two. Oh no. And <laughs> it's just like awful. Um, that sucks. But Cooperstown's a lot of fun. Um, I don't have any recommendations for you uh, because when we went, it was kind of a, a day trip. We made it a day trip, which was a terrible idea. Um, we spent the night up there. Down here in a day? We, no, we went from Winchester, um, which cut off in a whole hour and a half. hour and a half, yeah. We spent the night up there, but we we did it in like we drove up there, got there at like nine a.m., went through Cooperstown, then did some stuff around uh, during the day uh, or in the evening, sorry, and then um, checked in, took a nap, then woke up and like walked around downtown a little bit. Um, it's a it's a cute little area, Cooperstown. Yeah. Um, it's definitely very small town vibes. There's not much else going on there. It's the baseball hall well, of fame, which I'm is not cool. there for anything else. Yeah. Which is cool. Um, I like that. Uh, but Did you go into any of those other, like, you know, like stores or yeah. even like museum things that are also there. Mm -hmm. 
They've, there's a lot of cool memorabilia stores around yeah, the Hall of Fame. I mean. Yeah, yeah I mean. there's a lot of cool memorabilia stores. I don't know any of their names. I don't remember them, but yeah. I, I would say definitely check some of those out. Those are cool. Good. Well, that's helpful. That's that, that's the kind of recommendations that I'm asking from listeners. I knew you were going to tell me a couple things, but yeah, that that I'm I'm looking forward. And so yeah, hopefully in April. April's filling up with uh, a whole year calendar. I, honestly, we sat down and kind of went through August on the calendar. And uh, there's like minimal weekends where it's not something I'm like, ah, we have this. Uh, so, uh, but the little league basketball goes through into March. So that's kind of, that's what's pushing me to at least March or April before I get going. And obviously well, then you got March madness, the rest, the rest of March. Uh, yeah. You get bogged down with that. So by choice. Yeah. All right. Uh, any sports predictions for 23? That's kind of the last, last thing I had on the list here. I have one, but you already know what it is, and we've already talked about it. I'm scared of my 23 prediction now. My 23 prediction is the Orioles make the playoffs because you yeah, talked me into that. I know. And you, uh, and See, it's, I it's interesting you say my... that because the thing I'm scared of is that the ownership group is not invested in this team. Man. I mean, they have baseball Jesus on the team. They got to. Look, gotta if, if he gets us into the playoffs next year, with the roster that they have decided to put around him at the You'll current actually state. Get his name tattooed on your chest? No, I'm <laughs> saying he is baseball Jesus. If he does that this year, he is. Because the roster they have put around him, and I know they keep saying, you know, we're not done, we're not done. I'm like, okay, well, I, I'm just looking at who's left. And I don't know. My, like, they could trade for some people, but I'm just nervous. It's the the... The words we get is we don't want to. We're not trying to. We don't want to spend a bunch of money because we got to save it for all to resign all these guys. And you know we're not going to trade away a bunch of prospects and mortgage twenty twenty five for the twenty twenty three Orioles. And you know my brother and I talk about this all the time, and I've said it on this podcast before. If the Orioles win a World Series, I'm not saying they would win a World Series next year, but if the Orioles win a World Series in the next three or four years, I could give a flying flip about the twenty thirty Orioles. The 2030 Orioles, I don't care. Just win one World Series in my lifetime. And I don't know how long we're going to be here. I don't know how long I'm going to be here. Because every time the Baltimore Orioles have breaking news this offseason, it's just terrible. It's to the point now where we have fans that are like, Eric Hosmer would be a nice bat. Eric Hosmer would be a nice bat if we had a time machine. I don't want Eric Hosmer now. Eric, Ho- These are the same idiots that don't understand why we traded Trey Mancini. Oh, Eric Hosmer's a name I like. He'll sell some tickets. Eric Cosmer will get in the way. Eric Cosmer sucks. Do Eric? If we signed Eric Cosmer, that would actually piss me off. That would make me less of an Orioles fan. I would be less of an Orioles fan tomorrow than I am today if we signed Eric Cosmer tonight. Don't sign Eric Cosmer. My other, what I would have had as a prediction that I'm going to, that I'm just banking on the Orioles thing that I said, uh, I was going to say the, the Hokies were going to make it to the second weekend of the NCAA <laughs> for the men. And I, you know I what? I hope so. But, yeah, I don't I think that's going to. Two weeks ago when I first thought of this, yeah. like, well, we'll talk about that in the first one of the year. And, uh, yeah, I want second weekend. And uh, you know I what? don't think that's asking too much. I don't think that's, like, that high of a, of a goal. You know what? You want a positive time. prediction? Okay, the Orioles maybe not making the playoffs now is my negative prediction. Anything positive out of you? What are you, you going to do? Positive prediction, because positive Joe in 2023, good vibes. <laughs> it lasted. It was over already. Well, but it's going to be it's more. The goal is every week something positive, something good <laughs> vibes. Maybe that'll be my D block. 
It'll just be, what's Joe's positive vibe this week? And some weeks it what's might be trying. What's life? And Joe, please say something positive. Say something nice. Um, Virginia Tech goes to a bowl game in 2023. Yeah, that I I like that. I like that. I think it's a reasonable uh, hope. Um, but expectation as a prediction, I, I like it too. So uh, I think Brett Price starts to get the job done. Um, when you look around the ACC and see what Duke did in their first year coach and stuff like that, and you see how weak the rest of the ACC is, why why can't we? Like let's let's go. So no I, divisions I like next it. year, just win like six it. games. I like it. Let's do it. So we stayed with Homer teams, honestly, your Homer teams for the predictions. Um, but if we get any more in these next couple of weeks, I think we can talk about them. Um, like kind of looking back at a prediction or two, you know, my, the, my lines, the lines, uh, I said they were going to be better this year. I, I probably want to step too far with saying they'd be in the playoffs. It's not chance. impossible. You know, I, I'm, I'm not completely shot, yeah. wrong about the lines. I just might not be right either. Um, so I don't feel embarrassed about that prediction. I did also say the Cowboys wouldn't make the playoffs. They are in. So, uh, and they, they could they could actually jump up the rankings in the playoffs if things go the right way this weekend. Um, so I, I was wrong there. Um, I still think they got to win some playoff games for him to be safe. Uh, oh, I'm not saying you're wrong about that. And I, I tell you, my brother, as a Cowboys fan, is ready to fire Mike McCarthy yeah. and Kellen Moore. Like, he's not a fan of either. Um, you have Sean Payton just sitting there. It's, yeah. I think that turns up the heat. It, it definitely does. Um I will say, looking back, I was wrong. I think I had said Denver was going to make the playoffs. I might be wrong about that. Maybe I didn't. Um, Broncos? Maybe I didn't. I just thought, I don't remember. Do we have I wasn't going. I wasn't trying to necessarily tear apart our recommendations for NFL, but I just like. Do we have that somewhere quickly, or is that? I'm sure we do. It's probably in the beginning of September. I'm trying to click on it right now. Did we put it in the predictions file? 9-6-209, probably. We did not. I just saw a prediction. Here it is. Here it is. I got you. You got Denver in a wild card. Yeah. Oops. Um, Hey, look, I had it too. So I can't make fun of you. Yeah. Way off about them. Um, Nathaniel Hackett, not making a season tells you everything you need to know about that. Ooh, you had LA in the NFC championship game. Yeah. Matt Stafford really had, fell off. No, no, no. You had LA in the Super Bowl. That's that's they really trouble. fell off. They really fell off. Yeah. Woo. And that's that honestly, that was a prediction thing we did have a year ago. Uh right after the Super Bowl. And I'm not saying I'm right yet, because I think I said like two or three years, but I said I thought the Bengals were more set up than the Rams for, you know, staying winning. Oh, that's I did. Apart. I tore you, you apart. Tore I was up. wrong. I was wrong. Hand up. I'm wrong. Um that being said, I think the Bengals aren't going to go very deep in the playoffs. I think they're a bit fraudy. Yeah, I I understand what you say, but their offensive line issues from last year, they they got them worked out in the first half of the season here, and they've been riding ever since. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know where we wrote this stuff down. I'm on the tab, and I don't know. Um, but, yeah, L.A. really fell off. I mean, they're – and they, they don't have a lot to draw from, and they got no draft picks, right? Oof. I don't know. But, hey, they want a Super Bowl, so you do what you got to do. That's the thing. You win a championship. Yeah, you, I have a lot of patience. And that's that's the thing, but... Leland. 
That's that's what I'm saying about like the 2030 Orioles. If the yeah. Orioles win a World Series, I don't care if we lose 162 games the next year. We've won Look that World Cubs. Series. Look what the Cubs did. Cubs were terrible. They had the young talent. They still weren't great. And all of a sudden, they shot up. And I had that email before we had a podcast. I had an email to all my baseball friends. And I was like, the Cubs are going to win a World Series in the next four years. And I think they won it two years later. Like, it was, it happened. But then they fall right back off. It was worth it. It was worth it for them, especially that fan base. My goodness. And I get, I get, you know, the the message is, oh, well, look what he did with the Astros. You know, they didn't panic and they didn't rush things. I'm like, yeah, but eventually they spent money. And I just don't think that part of the equation is coming to Baltimore, unless the Angelos family is no longer owning the team. I think the sons are just as bad as the dad. I don't think they care about this team. I don't think they care about these fans or this city. I think they're a bunch of money-grubbing buttholes. I hate the Angelos family. If, if one thing could happen in 2023, it's that they sell the team to somebody else who's going to keep the team in Baltimore. That's what I want more than anything. Could the owners of Old Bay summon the money to buy that team, please? Just, uh, or Steve Bashotti joins Old Bay and, I don't know, whatever that seafood restaurant is, Jimmy Seafood, just buy the team and keep them in Baltimore. Domino Sugar. Just get a Baltimore conglomerate of businesses, and they just buy the team and keep them in Baltimore. And then I don't have to hear the Angelos family name ever again. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're in deep I mean, the new stuff. social media director, that was something funny that happened in the break between episodes. The Orioles hired a new social media director, and people found tweets of him back in 2010 ripping Peter Angelos, just absolutely <laughs> killing him. And it was great. It was funny. We all had a laugh. I hope he doesn't lose his job over it or get in trouble. But he also, oddly timed, claimed that he has been hacked. Now, he later <laughs> said that that's hey, not what he was it. referring to. That's not what he was referring to when he said he was hacked. It was something else. And then he owned it and said, yeah, I tweeted a lot of stuff. He goes, there's probably more of that out there. I'm a diehard Orioles fan, and I was very frustrated at the time with how we were performing. It was back in 2010. That was before we even had, like, the 2012 miracle season where we went to the playoffs. You can spin that. Yeah, that was fine. I I hope he doesn't get in trouble because, I mean, come on. The The Angelos family knows they suck, right? That's not news to them. They know they're unpopular. All right, let's get out of here. But one one prediction before we go, because uh, it'll be happening next Monday when we usually record. Right? Mm. I think we'll probably record on Tuesday. Probably. Uh, I want I want a winner with a uh, point separation for the NCAA football national championship game between TCU and Georgia. What's the line? Let's look at the lines. To it's thirteen and a half. TCU does cover. It's over under. Oh, I don't know. Um, my brain says Georgia by a touchdown. My heart says TCU by a field so goal. So I guess I want your brain. I want my heart. TCU, TCU? fire drill field goal. Okay. Sonny Dykes runs the hey, team out know. just like Baylor. Runs the team out, kicks it through the uprights. And then here's what I want. And this is going to be bad, so earmuffs if you're younger. I want a la, oh, man, what was that guy's name? 
hold on. You Ooh. say you say your prediction while I look this up. I got Georgia. I think Georgia by ten. I think they score late to make it 10. I think it's a one score game kind of continually through the game tied one score game kind of thing. TCU may be winning in the third quarter, but then Georgia kind of closes this thing out wins by 10, not covering the spread. Uh, the over under is 62 and a half. So they're saying around 31 points for each team. I think it's an over, I think it's an over game. So I'm taking the over, but I'm taking TCU to be within the spread but Georgia wins. So Georgia by 10 is what I got. That's, that's my official prediction. Hmm. What are you looking for? What topic are you looking for? I want TCU's kicker to pull a Chris Kinzer back in the 86 independence bowl when Virginia tech beat NC state and he kicked the game winning field goal and then ran down the sideline flipping off NC state. I want TCU's kicker to do that to Georgia when he kicks the game winning field goal. Yeah, I'm not going to root for that. <laughs> oh, I'll love it. I'll love it. I'll, I'll cheer with him. I'll be right there with him going, yeah, yeah. That'll be the best. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be beside you on that on that hope or prediction. But while we're talking about things from the last two weeks, can we talk about OxVT on Twitter uh, had been putting out old bowl highlights, including. Yeah, he does that stuff. He's great including like Michael Vick's last game at Virginia Tech, which was the Gator Bowl against Clemson, and then the Jim Druckenmiller Sugar Bowl win that they had over Texas. Those were awesome. I remember watching those as a kid. Those were awesome. And my first reaction was, man, those uniforms are fly. We need to go back to that. And two, I miss Virginia Tech being that good. I will say in the 2000s and 2010s, when we're going to multiple orange bowls and the fan base seemed to be bored with that i stood up and yelled like no this is awesome we gotta yeah. appreciate this when we have it like i knew at the time that it was ridiculous not to just be so appreciative of how good we were maintaining through that time like i talk about the steelers maintaining eight win seasons this is virginia tech winning nine ten games every single year ten games a lot of those years i say they had the like, longest Streak of 10, 10, 10 win seasons yeah. for a while. But even when it ended or on the front side of it, there was mm-hmm. a nine win game, like nine win season. Like it was incredible. And like, yeah, you can just never take that for granted. Um, but also like those older ones, like those 90, the 90 ones was, that was the program building itself. That's the foundation of good for Virginia. Yeah. Tech Jim Druckenmiller was the, was the foundation. Right. Cause I think it you was Jim Druckenmiller. Then I think it was Al Clark. Yeah. Yeah. You have those older things that are like individual things, like oh, we went to the Independence Bowl, oh, we did like, and but then Chris Kinzer, here's yeah. where <laughs> consistency started, and like, you don't get that again. Yeah, like even even when we get good again, it won't be like that. And uh, I, I've talked about that with like local high school football and and good runs and stuff. I, I know I went to the whole podcast without saying Riverheads, but here it is. You know, Riverheads football that that '99 season of 10 and 0, and then getting out, and then the 2000 that first like that excitement doesn't return because then the expectations get up there and you can't recreate that newness and excitement that you had then. And so even, even when, when we get good again, it won't be the same as what it was in the nineties. That, that nineties was awesome. Those sugar bowls that this, this program was built on that any future success is going to be pointed back to the nineties, the 95 sugar bowl, the 99 sugar bowl, like all that. And, uh, but I'm, I'm eager to have that problem. I'm eager to 
reference back to the good because right now we reference to the bad and you know you know how bad was it beamer's first few years and thank goodness we let him have another chance and all that you know like not that we're to that point yet with what our current regime but it's just i i, re I really hope we're not breaking down those kind of comparisons to beamer and we're, we're talking about you know a sugar bowl in the next five years or something like you know a well, college football right high 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 bowl bowl game yeah, it might not be the Sugar Bowl because of bowl tie-ins, which or, I hate. Yeah, I hate that. Can we get rid of bowl tie conference tie-ins too? Can we just well, that's what people were saying it up. in the 2000s. Like, hey, we're going to the Orange Bowl every year. Why don't they like switch that? Like, but I I agree with that. Let's mix it up. Let's mix it up. Let's have the bowl committees be able to select some teams. Maybe they've got to choose from like a certain criteria. They can't just go pick Ohio State if Ohio State six and six. But hey. If I'm arguing that I don't want to go to the Orange and I'd rather go to the Fiesta, I, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear that. <laughs> We're a long way from that. I'll be glad to go to the Orange Bowl the next time we go to the Orange Bowl. I'd I'm be happy to. I know I was pooping on the TaxSlayer.com Bowl. I'd be happy to go to that right now. But yeah. for the Wasabi Fenway I'm, Bowl. I'm not eager for the, the bad boy mowers New York pinstripe bowl. Um, I'll take it. But I'm the not Wasabi Fenway that. Bowl, yeah. that might be where the we The Cheez-It Bowl sounds great. The Cheez-It Citrus Bowl. It's getting that mayo bowl. I don't think we're See? eligible for that. For what? The Cheez-It Citrus Bowl. I don't think that's an ACC the cheez -It, bowl. The Cheez-It Bowl. Oh, the regular Cheez-It Bowl. Maybe. Yes, that's true. There's like the season, seven yeah. Cheez-It Bowls now. Yeah, that's disappointing. <laughs> what happened to the Outback Bowl? Did that die? I don't remember that this year. Uh, that's uh, That was the one. That was uh, the one today. That was the one. Um, is that the one that's the Relia Quest Bowl now? Yeah, whatever that was. That's today, lame. That was I don't get a. What are they going to do? Give me extra tax return if Mississippi State wins? I hope. Yeah, no blooming onion. <sighs> this is the worst. So much for that positive vibes. Um. Oh well. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad to be back on the podcast. We did. We talked. This is the least we've talked. Uh, over a two week period of time uh, mm -hmm. in years now. So uh, I'm glad we're back on the schedule with the podcast and we'll be back for all our listeners week after week. We're going to get into our high school sports, winter sports coverage. I, I know we might've said that for a month now. Uh, it actually is going to happen next week. All my effort is going to go into uh, setting us up for good high school sports conversation as those seasons have kicked off and uh, we've got some good basketball going on, good wrestling. And we're here to talk about it here on the Yak Sports Podcast. Make sure you're following us at Yak Sports Pod on Facebook or Twitter, yaksportspod at gmail.com is a way to reach us through email. And make sure you know you're already listening to us one of these ways. But make sure your friends know to subscribe to us on Podbean, Apple, Google, or Spotify. And we'll be back next week with all the sports that matter to you, the Augusta County sports fan. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.